0: Hey, history lovers, I'm Mike Rosenwald with RetroPod, a show about the past rediscovered. This is the story of the single greatest deception, the greatest sham ever perpetrated by the CIA. Well, at least that we know of.
1: So in 1968, the Cold War is in full swing.
0: That's Robert Beyer, the director of the CIA's museum. In our previous episode, he told us about the one-shot pistol the United States planned to airdrop into Europe during World War II. Amazingly enough, though, he's got an even better story. This one about the Cold War, the United States versus the Soviet Union, the heyday of espionage.
1: Both powers are looking at each other, trying to gain advantages.
0: Sort of like chess, with Checkmate being a nuclear war.
1: And it's at that time that a Soviet submarine called the K-129 sinks somewhere in the Pacific Ocean.
0: There were nearly 100 sailors aboard, but there was also other precious cargo.
1: It's got three nuclear missiles aboard, and it's got incredibly valuable cryptography equipment. The Russians obviously go nuts looking for it. No luck, at least not for
0: the Russians. They spent two months searching for the sub before giving up. They apparently didn't have the super nifty hydrophones, essentially underwater microphones, the U.S. Navy was using to listen to sounds across the ocean trying to pick up Soviet nuclear test explosions.
1: They actually hear this submarine going down. In triangulating the signal, the United States is able to find out exactly where that submarine is resting at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean
0: roughly 1,500 miles northwest of Hawaii. That's where. Nearly 17,000 feet down on the ocean floor. And this. This is where the story becomes totally bananas. The CIA desperately wants to get its hands on this sub and study its technology. But it's the Cold War. A. You can't just disclose that you know where an enemy vessel is, or you blow your chance to get the goods. And B, you can't just send the Navy out and hope nobody notices a big crane going fishing for an enemy vessel. But the CIA, it can do what the organization has been doing since its earliest days. Come up with a cover story, some great disguises, then fool everyone. And that's exactly what happened on a scale that nearly defies
1: belief. So the cover story,
0: it goes like this.
1: Howard Hughes, the eccentric billionaire, is going to build a gigantic ship called the Glomar Explorer, and it's going to sail to the Pacific Ocean and mine the ocean floor for manganese nodules, and he's going to make a fortune off of this.
0: Howard Hughes was the perfect ruse. The billionaire owned dozens of companies from film studios to aircraft and satellite manufacturers. He had, like other titans of industry, quietly work with the government on sensitive projects in the past. So the CIA, it sets up fake companies, fake PR operations,
1: fake you name it. The cover story was so believable that there's a boom in deep sea mining and a bunch of other companies jump in and a whole new industry is created. The whole operation is hidden in plain sight. The most important character in the operation was a ship, a real ship called the
0: Hughes-Glomar Explorer that the CIA designed. There was a hidden compartment in the middle of the ship that had a claw system that descended, unseen unless you were underwater, to the ocean floor to scoop up the sub. The design and construction took several years until finally, in early 1974, six years after the submarine sank, the Glomar sailed to the site. The mission was underway. And then...
1: A Soviet intelligence trawler shows up out of the blue.
0: Yeah, plot twist. This obviously unnerved the crew and intelligence officials back home. All those years of planning, not to mention a potentially catastrophic diplomatic confrontation, or worse, at sea. According to declassified CIA documents, American officers directed the crew to prepare to defend the control room while sensitive spy equipment was destroyed. But the Soviets,
1: it turns out, they were just as duped as everyone else. Um, but it turns out that they're just trying to figure out, like the rest of the world, what is Howard Hughes doing? It's economic espionage. They're trying to figure out what's going on. The two ships actually spoke to each other via signal flags.
0: What kind of vessel are you, the Soviets asked. A deep ocean mining vessel, the Americans replied. The Soviets believed it. And before leaving, they sent one more message. I wish you all the best. But then.
1: A few days later, another Soviet intelligence trawler comes in and they hang out for the rest of the operation.
0: If someone ever makes a big Hollywood movie of this story, this will be the moment, this second trawler showing up nearby where the audience stops eating popcorn.
1: And while that Soviet intelligence trawler is circling around, the claw gets to the bottom of the ocean, scoops up that submarine and starts bringing it to the surface.
0: The sub is halfway up to the ship's belly when disaster strikes.
1: Two of the claws fatigue and break and a portion of the submarine falls back down to the bottom of the ocean.
0: They salvage the operation and manage to get most of the sub into the ship. And that Soviet trawler,
1: well it? Toots one horn goodbye and takes
0: off. In the declassified report on the operation, the CIA wrote, one can only conjecture the reaction and chagrin of Soviet authorities when they later realized that two Soviet Navy ships were on the scene and, in effect, witnessed the recovery operation against their lost submarine. The "Aha" moment came in 1975, when the secret began to unravel after bits and pieces of Hughes's role were leaked to the Los Angeles Times. Syndicated columnist Jack Anderson put more of it together, leading to even more questions from reporters. The CIA struggled to contain the damage. The drama even entered a new phrase into the cultural lexicon after freedom of information requests began rolling in to the CIA's public affairs department.
1: They say we can neither confirm nor deny this story. That is known as the Glomar response, and that is when that phrase enters the English language.
0: But back to the submarine. Any plans the CIA had to go back and get the rest of it now vanished.
1: The operation is over. The Soviet Union tells us if we try to go get the sub that it will be an act of war. So what did the United States ultimately find on that sub? What they find aboard that submarine, a large portion of it, is still classified to this day.
0: They did find Soviet nuclear warheads, too, in fact. And they discovered the remains of six Russian submariners.
1: They played the Soviet anthem and buried them at sea with full honors, and they videotaped this.
0: The CIA has posted the recording on YouTube. In 1992, just after the Soviet Union had fallen, the CIA's then-director, Rick Gates, gave the tape to Russian President Boris Yeltsin.
1: And President Yeltsin, when he saw it and saw how well his sailors had been treated, burst into tears. The Soviet Union had just fallen. and. They were marking this point as a new point in U.S.-Russian history, and so they gave this as a gesture of goodwill.
0: I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. For more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod.